I was at a point where I was like, I gotta act cool, I gotta wear this, I gotta fucking, you know, do whatever to to be to fulfill this kind of image of what a photographer is or like what a professional photographer is. And fuck that. It's it's who you are that really shines through into what you're shooting. And that's so important. If you're full of shit, people are gonna tell that you're full of shit. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome back, Bindleists. This is another episode of Bindleism, a philosophy to a self-sufficient lifestyle. I'm um, sorry we missed the last week, guys. Um, it's the first time that we have run into an issue of finding someone to talk to or more or less being able to schedule. And unfortunately, we lost our streak. We were on a seven-week straight streak. Missed last week, but we wanted to make sure that we got one out this week. And I know it's a day late, but we are doing it and we have one lined up for next week as well so there shouldn't be any problems from here on out but things happen just want to clear that up um this week we sat down with mike hearn he is a photographer in the syracuse area um you'll find out everything you need to know about mike hearn and cool insight into the photography world in our podcast um thank you mike for doing the podcast with us i know you were a little nervous about doing it you've never done a podcast before but you did an absolute amazing job and you should be proud of yourself for everything that you uh, put out there um mike is a really really cool down-to-earth guy um really humble awesome photographer um you should check him out at the mike hearn on instagram and twitter um those names will be in the description so definitely go give him a follow check out what he's doing because he's doing some really cool stuff if you're a model or a photographer and you're interested in collaborating or doing work with him feel free to reach out and he will definitely um you know get in touch with you um this this is uh, one of our uh best episodes so far um got into some really cool topics Everything from nudity in photography to what kind of people you should keep around you. This is a really, really cool, insightful conversation, and I'm really excited about it. So, thank you again, Mike. Sorry for missing last week, and thank you to everyone who is listening to this episode. It means so much that you are continuing to support what we're doing and you know listening to what we have to say if you're listening screenshot your phone post it on your instagram story we'll repost that love to see that support and tell your friends other than that this is episode eight of bindalism a philosophy to a self-sufficient lifestyle we hope you enjoy and this is our interview with mike hearn
All right, Kyle and I are here. And we're back. What's up, guys? <laughs> What's up? And we are here with a new guest, Mike Hearn. Hello, hello. Um, Mike is a photographer in the Syracuse area. Kyle met him back in the summer. In the Adirondack Mountains. Yes, and uh, he is here to disclose his story and continue the inspiration. Sorry that we missed last week and we and this monday but it's not tuesday when we post this and uh yeah sometimes it's hard to find people to talk to or you know get schedules lined up but we did and mike's here so mike if you want to take it away introduce yourself and kind of get the ball rolling here what's going on guys i'm mike hearn um i'm uh as he said i'm a photographer and i Met Kyle back in the summer on a sweet Adirondacks trip, and um, it was a bunch of creatives got together and, you know, decided to have a cool little getaway, take some pictures, you know, talk about life stories, exchange, yeah, just just cool just cool stuff, general yeah. cool vibe. It was a cool meetup. Yeah. Um, you want to get us a little bit of context, maybe, like how you got invited yeah, together I, with all um, of us? Well, I am friends with uh, another photographer. Uh, shout out Jackie Chiga. Uh, I'm probably saying her name wrong, her last name, so I apologize. Um, <laughs> I think it's Chiga. <laughs> I think I think you're right, Chiga. I make fun of her all the time. I call her. But she's uh, another awesome model photographer. She really kind of uh, put the ball, got the ball rolling, and uh, got some people together. And she like reached out to people: Cat, Corey, Kyle. Uh, some friends from Buffalo, other creatives that really like, we all kind of really vibe together and uh, have a similar goal in that we're trying to be, uh, we're trying to work for ourselves and create something uh, just cool, some cool stuff. Create beauty. Yeah, exactly. Did you know, I mean, you you said you knew um, the person who like put it together, but had you, had you like met any of the other people there prior to that? I had only met um, two other people, or no, I lied, three other people that were there um, from a previous trip we had done months before in the Adirondacks as well in the winter. Uh, It was, I think, January. And we had a smaller group, about half the size, but also people, and that was my first time meeting them, uh, some people in Buffalo that, um, just good people, and so they brought that same energy into the second trip in the Adirondacks, but... But I, I think that has a lot to say for Instagram and how how much, you know, reach you mm-hmm. have now. How small the world how is. How small <laughs> it becomes, yeah. How um, you can find other people that are kind of like your style, that vibe with you, your kind of right. same goal. So, That's really yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah. It, it's funny, too, because um, right before that trip happened, um, Kyle and I were, like, on this mission to, like, build... Um, like a platform to do literally that oh, really? and then he like went on this trip and we're, we're like, like it oh worked. shit <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. actually happening <laughs> yeah yeah for real um i don't know like that idea kind of got put on the back burner but um well it'll it's slowly still there. grow yeah i mean the we're, more we we're trying to this. build the, the the community first before yeah. we yeah you know well, it does. It's, I think Instagram is a huge stepping stone for, like, mm-hmm. well, social media in general. Like, even Twitter, I've, I've met some people off of. But as a as a stepping stone to, like, what you guys are trying to put together, it's it's huge. Because people are finding each other more than ever now and being able to 
create with people across the, you know, across the country or like, you know, people that were in their own neighborhood that they didn't even know about, you know, so. Yeah, it's very true. Like, it brings people out of their shell. Very much so. We we can see all these people that we might have not at first glance thought they were creative minded, and right. then you go on their Instagram and like, damn, yeah, he's got some or he or she's got something going. <laughs> exactly, and that's how I felt about you know everyone that I went on the trip with that I didn't know, uh, like you, Cat, Corey, everybody. I kind of like Jackie showed me everyone's Instagram page. I checked everyone out. I was like, oh man, this like this guy's sick. He's got some great work. Cat, Corey, same thing. Mm-hmm. Like. It's cool to be able to find, um, I know we're not promoting Instagram here, but I'm like, we're promoting a community, Yeah. but, uh, but it's cool to be able to, to see other people's work that you otherwise might not have found. For example, Kat, Corey, uh, and you all live within 20 minutes from where I live and I, I never, never would heard have of you guys. Right. Yeah. Never would have thought you've got mutual friends of mine that I never, it's just, it's a really cool thing, you know, Definitely. being able to have the same kind of path and the thing is like some artists they could be introverted yeah and not know how to communicate their yeah their vision their message out to the world and instagram is a great platform to be able to do that so accessible too it's free yeah it's definitely helped me a lot to meet new people to meet new clients and but people and friends, like, I've made friends in the past year off of Instagram more than I have in real life. And I, <laughs> sad wild. as that might sound, it's wild. Yeah. It's cool. It's really cool because um, there are, you know, some people just don't, you know, they don't bring that same energy to, because they're introverted and they can't um, really break out of their shell like they could on, on Instagram or on Twitter or whatever it may be to... Um, to really get to meet new people and and I think it's cool that you guys are you know really pushing that kind of thing it's awesome yeah thank you yeah absolutely so um why don't you uh kind of go into where you're from and and uh kind of like the early early days of Mike Hearn cool yeah um so I am from Syracuse born and raised I was interested in cinematography and photography from a young age, I always liked the concept of like how you could make things look with certain lights or like a camera or what this lens could do from a very young age. I had a camera in my hand. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing with the camera, <laughs> but I tried and I kept kind of like having fun with it. And it wasn't until after high school that I really bought my own camera, really tried to like find you know a friend here or there that could kind of help me out and guide me to to take what I'm doing more seriously and it it started to take form I it started to really become a reality I for the longest time didn't think that it would be that it would be a feasible way of you know a career because there's so many creatives there's so many photographers and musicians and all this so it gets daunting but um, when you've got a good support system and you've got people telling you like keep doing it, keep pushing. It's not going to happen right away. And that's, I think the most important lesson is, you know, at that age, when I started doing this, I was 17, 18. And in my head, I'm seeing all these people, all these famous photographers and, you know, cinematographers. And I'm thinking, well, that's easy. I could get there. I can do that. And it's not, you got to really work at it. You got to really fine tune what you're doing. And so it took me a while. I got to 
I got a few new cameras. I got some lenses. I tried new things out. I taught myself. I had lots of friends, you know, to fall back on and really show me the ropes. And and uh, I owe a lot to my friends that kind of helped push me. And my family, obviously, is a huge... Like, they keep pushing me every day. They're telling me, like, to keep going no matter what. It's, it's important, too. It's important to... Because being in a creative field, it can be... Um, like the, uh, help me out. What am I trying to say? Like the personal growth, part personal of it? growth can be very intimidating. You kind of look at your own growth and you're thinking like, well, shit, what am I doing? You know, and it's not even your own growth. It's exactly. everyone else. Yeah. Exactly. Community. Yeah. yeah. And you, you kind of got to just keep, keep going and keep looking at your growth and everyone else's growth and, and just keep creating and just be yourself and just be yourself that's the most important thing too is for a while i thought you know well if i you know i don't know if i try to act cool like this photographer would or like this it's it's all bullshit man you just mm-hmm. got to be yourself and and really just let things happen to you the way that they're meant to happen to you and really lean into it and keep you know i'm going to say that about 60 more times <laughs> stay but authentic keep, hey, yeah. but stay authentic and yeah. keep pushing and keep like doing what you feel is right to do and because you know five years ago i never would have thought that i'd be at a place i am today and that's that's big and so mm. yeah it's crazy how like uh a short amount like five years in the grand scheme of things yeah. especially like just in your lifetime is yeah. so insignificant yeah but so much shit happens in that window you're like oh man yeah <laughs> so much back. can happen in a year let alone five years i look back a, a year ago at my work and and where I was in like a business standpoint, mm-hmm. and I've it's come a long way since mm-hmm. then. So, it's right. like exponential growth curve. Yes. Yeah. It's not linear at all. No, 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 not at all. And it's wild to see, you know, you look back a year ago, you look back two years ago. It's wild to see how much has changed and how much you've you've changed. You yeah, know? you grow a lot as a person in this field, career, yeah. absolutely, whatever you want yeah. to call it. So, uh, what school did you go to? Like, what school district were you in? Uh, Solvay. Oh, Solvay. wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I lived uh, in Lincourt. Okay. And I w- I went to a Catholic school up until sixth grade, and then went to uh, a public middle school in Lincourt, transferred over to Solvay. I guess the districts are connected or something. But oh, okay. I went to OCC immediately after for about a year. I was also working overnights at a restaurant. The two didn't collide. I went the route of dropping out of college, which, you know, is not advisable. I'm putting that out there. But <laughs> but it did kind of set my, uh, it kind of put me on this path that I'm on right now. Okay. So what, what do you think was your reasoning behind you dropping out? Let's get into a little bit of that. In, in truth, it was very much, um, I wasn't ready for the responsibility yet. I was fresh out of high school. I was talked into college by kind of, you know, parents and guidance counselors, all the, you know, and you see your friends going to college, so you think, well, I should too. But I really, realistically, I was not um, responsible enough or mature enough to be, to take that on. Because it is, it's, that's, college is what's meant to like put you into the adult mindset. And I wasn't there yet, quite Mm. frankly. And so... I thought, you know, well, I'm working also. Why don't I just keep working? I'll make money and worry about college later. And you were doing the photography all throughout? Uh, at that point, it was still a hobby. 
So I was, I was doing that, uh, when I could, you know, here and there, like I never took it. I never took classes for it in college or high school. It was just something that's always been a creative passion for me and a hobby. And, and, uh, it wasn't until after, it wasn't until after I dropped out and I was really kind of, uh, panicking. Like I was like, what am I going to do? There's there's no way that I can turn this into a career. No way without college. Can I do that? So I was looking for other venues, other outlets, you know, working as a server in a restaurant, working, selling, you know, electricity door to door kind of thing. And I started to panic. And that's when I really, you know, it didn't happen overnight, but I started to think, well, I've got to really make this work or else, you know, what am I going to do? So, so I did, I put a lot more effort into it. Yeah. It kind of forced yourself to stay motivated. Yeah. I pushed myself into a corner. And I had to kind of get out of it. It's kind of, it's funny that that's like a reoccurring theme. I feel like for people, um, is it's almost like when you're at your quote unquote, like lowest point or whatever, it's like, that's when the inspiration or, or whatever, like the aha moment is like, Oh, I got to be here. I have, this is my calling now. I know it's so cliche, but it is, it, especially in a creative field. Like the, um, the low points are always what turns the best results. Mm-hmm. It's you draw mm-hmm. from those points, whenever you're, um, whenever you're in a moment like that. And it's it's funny because it is cliche, but it is every everyone's got a point like that where they're kind of backed into a wall and they, they gotta fight their way out, yeah. and that's. Yeah, I feel like well, I mean, it's cliche for a reason because yeah, because it happens so much. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It kind of shows you what actually matters in your life, though. If you're at that low of a low, yeah, and you're like, I still want to fucking shoot and take photos, like that, that means something. It kind of eliminates like all the bullshit around it and Mm -hmm. really like puts a spotlight on what you're supposed to be doing. It's it's kind of cool how it happened like that, but. I mean, it sucked because for a while I was kind of panicking a little bit, but it, it's meant to be kind of thing. You yeah. Know? And you got through it. Yeah. Yeah. I got through it. I'm at a place where I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm booking people, I'm uh, booking clients. I'm meeting new, new, awesome, cool, you know, friends and yeah. So what is like a day in the life of Mike Kern right now? Oh man, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, a lot of Netflix. Uh, a lot of, <laughs> what are you watching these days? Oh, I just finished Big Mouth. Ooh, great uh, show. Great, <laughs> great show. show. Just finished the second season. I'm actually watching Ozark also right now. Good, That's really good, good too. Yeah. Uh, I got into Peaky Blinders. That's dope. Um, Damn. Just oh, yeah. So I'm binging. I'm binging <laughs> right shows. now. But I'm also, I gotta, you know, or else I would feel terrible just sitting and binging. I'm also on the laptop editing here and there, trying to keep the creative juices flowing. But... Um, I also work as a bartender right now at, uh, Hafner's. And so when I'm not there, I'm really trying to line up shoots, whether it be with friends, uh, creatives or, um, you know, I do a lot of weddings and so I'm trying to book clients. I'm trying to, um, really work on my brand, I guess. And yeah, but again, a lot of Netflix. That's the big (laughs) (laughs) Gotta have that. That um, work-life balance. Yeah. Kind of and it's a lot of, like, friends, too. A lot of friend time. You gotta... You gotta... If you stay at home and you're sitting and editing, you get yourself into a hole and you gotta 
you got to get out and have some time with friends or else you're going to mm-hmm. kind of go crazy. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I spent refresher. like this whole summer doing that. Yeah, dude, <laughs> it's <laughs> same. It's this summer was crazy, uh, a crazy wedding season for me. So I, I spent a lot of time indoors editing and I, I, you got to balance it with time out with, with friends and, and going to the Adirondacks with, with cool people. You yeah. got to balance mm-hmm. it to, and that's, what's a, a funny thing about the creative side of, things is is when you turn it into a business you have to make time for yourself with it too you have to because if it started as a hobby it started as something you love and you want to keep it as something you love i think it's so so important to do it for yourself from time protect that yeah funness yeah to hold on to it you know Mm -hmm. you can't let that go or else it kind of diminishes the whole reason why you got into doing what you're doing. Yeah, that's so true. That's something my brother said. My, so my <clears throat> oldest brother lives in Chicago, and he's yeah. the bass player for a band called The Lucky Dutch. Nice. And he says this a lot, but I think it's just kind of throughout the music industry. Is like They all say the same thing. Like You don't do it because you want to be rich and famous or yeah. you want to, you know, oh, I'm going to make a bunch of money. You have to do it because you love it. Mm-hmm. or else it's just going to eat you alive. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of true for any of this creative kind of oh, world. Definitely. If you that was our big thing. If you don't have that like strong why into yeah. you know what why are you so passionate about doing whatever? Yeah. It's going to fizzle out. Yeah. You're yeah. going to fizzle out. The second shit gets hard, you're just going to be like, "Well, this sucks," you know? Yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm kind of done with this, and so you move right. on and you look mm-hmm. for something else. But when it's really when you really look deep down and you see like you know when things do get hard you look for that why am i doing this and when you find it and when you realize when you remember there are days that i'm you know i'm doing family portraits or i'm doing wedding um weddings that i'm like oh man i like why but then you know an hour could go by or it's maybe it's just a bad day for me but another wedding could come along or an hour could go by from that first wedding. And I'm thinking like, I'm so lucky to be doing this, to be able to, to do this as a profession. It's, it's amazing because you, you take something that you do for fun with friends one day and then a couple of years down the road and you're, you're creating, I don't know. Yeah. You know what I'm going, you know what yeah, I'm saying. I get what you're but saying. it's, but it is, it's so important to keep that in mind the why you're doing it because you it makes you happy because it's it's fun because at the end of the day it's you don't want to go to work and be bored mm-hmm. you know really yeah, definitely yeah <laughs> yeah it keeps pushing you to strive for better but yeah i mean art at its core the purpose of it is to have self-expression yes to express yourself to the world exactly through whatever medium it is yeah could be selling clothing with our yeah. artwork it could be doing photography it could be singing mm. could be painting portraits doesn't matter but at the end of the day you're really just like bringing out your true self right through your art right and that's that's what's important you got to stick with that mm-hmm. because if not if you just show up and you you push a button or with clothing you show up and you kind of just go through the numbers and or singing you you know, you, it's, it's true with any creative profession. You, if you show up just to, just to get paid people, one, people are going to tell people, it's going to, oh, people sure. are going to see right through you. Yeah. And two, like you said, uh, it's going to fizzle out, you know, your, your burning passion for it is going to kind of go away or it's going to be apparent that you weren't really in it for yourself to begin with, you mm. know? 
Um, so I, I have a question. Um, what people or things ha like inspire your um, photography? So like, what kind of what kind of things do you like to implement into your photography, and like, kind of where the where where did they come from? That's an awesome question, man. Um, I, truth be told, a lot of music. Um, I and I'm also a very visual person. Like I, I always have been. A, I've been a very hands-on person. So. Mm -hmm. I need to kind of, um, I might be going off on a dead end right now, but with where I'm going, but, um, <laughs> no, it's going back to music. I, I listen to a lot of music and so it kind of, it's going to sound crazy, but how you hear things and how like that affects you kind of translates to a lot of my, um, a lot of my work and how I, like I'll I'll take a picture I'll see a setup of a you know it may be a, a model in a building or or like a family in a park or something and I'll relate that to I'll connect that with a song with a melody with something and that's a lot of where I get not my inspiration but where I get my creative juices and where mm -hmm. that keeps flowing but as far as inspiration that's beautiful <laughs> thanks man <laughs> yeah that's cool thank you um, I'm lucky to I don't know. To still, there are days where where you kind of have self doubt and you kind of get in a creative rut, but there are always there's always going to be something that brings you right back always. But inspiration is is tough to put a finger on. Um, uh, a lot of Instagram, like I see a lot of people's work that I like on Instagram, but in, as far as day to day life, it's um, I don't know, man. I don't know. That's a really good question. No one's ever asked me that before. As far as like, <laughs> okay, so you were saying about like you get a rut, but there's always something that yeah. gets you out. Yeah. What's just one out of all of those? Well, like the other day, uh, and this happens all the time. But the other day, I was kind of sitting and and scrolling through Instagram. I was having a beer and I was uh, just sitting going through. I was like, oh fuck I suck <laughs> I, was, I was like what am I doing I would look at a photo and I would be like what am I doing here and it's just you're in a rut where like you feel like anything you create isn't good enough isn't good yeah. enough like you're your worst critic always but I I was going through and I was like what the fuck am I doing like why why would I do that with this but I think that says a lot to personal growth that if anything going back and looking at that like just made me want to keep going and like right. it made me want to go out it was like two o'clock in the morning when I was when I was, doing, when I was going <laughs> through yeah it, you know it's you're you're up late and you start thinking mm -hmm. and, um but it was like two o'clock in the morning I was scrolling through I wasn't happy with what I was doing so I wanted to pick up my camera then and go out and just convince myself that like you know you don't suck kind right. of thing you know you just gotta find something that's like ignite reignite always reignite that creative flow kind of if that makes sense yeah you know i mean shit for us like um most if not all I, I, there's there's several graphics that have been done by friends of ours but most of it has been done between kyle and i and yeah. Literally, like, I constantly talk about how I'm, like, I, I'm i bad at drawing. I always say that. I'm, like, I'm bad at drawing. I can't yeah. draw. Like, and for whatever reason, Kyle will just be, like, once in a while, he'll be, like, yo, let's just sit down and draw. 
today. Like, yeah. we're just gonna, we did it in the car ride um, to, like, a show in Philadelphia, and we just doodled yeah. a notepad, and I think, like, four or five graphics came out of that doodle that we've used. Really? Yeah. Well, it's, I think so, it's a universe. It's the, not a universe, it's the universe <laughs> kind of speaking to you, because the next day, um, a friend texted me to set up a shoot, like, that week. Mm. And so it's kind of the universe is like letting you know, like, stay humble, you know, mm-hmm. be, you know, because you don't want to get to a place where you're like, you want to be confident in your work, of course, mm-hmm. but you don't want to get to a place where you're kind of like, I'm the best, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, th- that brings up a good point. One thing that I've been thinking about lately is instead of trying to like push your mindset to be a certain way mm-hmm. on like an off day. Or like on any day, even if you're inspired. Yeah. Instead of pushing the mindset, push, create an environment that is conducive for that mindset. Yeah. So if you just create a schedule where it's like, I'm going to be doing this, this, and this today. Doesn't Mm -hmm. matter how I'm feeling. Yeah. Doesn't matter. By the end of the day, some trigger in your emotions is going to happen. Yeah. And you might end up getting that inspiration. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah, I don't do a good job at that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm yeah, saying that's very true. Like, uh, like, I do that, but I don't 100%. Yeah. I don't at all. I'm so bad at, at one, communication, at two, like, scheduling. Those are my two weaknesses. And so I always hear from it from my friends and, you know, <laughs> and people that I'm supposed to be working with. But that is, that's, like, how it should be done. You should just keep keep scheduling no matter what you're feeling because you everyone's been there where they wake up and they're like man I don't want to get out of bed I don't want to do shit today Mm -hmm. but if you've got stuff lined up if you've got like especially if you're feeling down on your creative whatever it may be photography if you're feeling down that day you're like I don't want to do it I'm not in the right mindset to do this if you schedule it you do it anyway you push and you get there and you're like well shit I I don't know why I was and that's happened before I was I was going to a shoot um, just yesterday, and I was on my way there. I just shot a wedding the day before, and so I was like, man, they're all used up. All my all my creative ideas are all <laughs> used up. I'm going to this family shoot, and I'm thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do when I get there. I, I'm going to just wing it. And I got there. I met the family, and they were the sweetest people. They were so nice. They We went to Beacon Skiff to, uh, to nice. f- take pictures, and... And, uh, like it just, something snapped as it always does something last minute. It just hits and you feel it and you just run with it. And that's, that's, I think if I were to have a secret that I'm going to reveal tonight, (laughs) that's it, man. It's, I, even if I'm not confident going into a shoe, I'm going to grin and bear it. And I'm going to look like I do until I do. And usually nine times out of 10, something happens and I'm there a hundred percent. And I, and I'm excited about what I'm doing, whether it's it ranges from family shoots to, you know, senior portraits to weddings, whatever, or model shoots, whatever it may be. I'm I want to always be 100 percent in it and excited about it and doing it, you know, I, th- I so something that I guess I I guess we could probably relate to and mm. is sometimes it's hard to know, like For example, for a shoot, you don't know the environment yet until you're there, right? Right. So you're thinking, you're comparing it to the thing you did the day before. Right, yeah. And 
that's the same for us when we go to a festival or something we're we're always trying to shoot a video and do an edit for it and we try to like talk about it but at the same time we're like we're just gonna wing it because like yeah the possibilities are endless yeah and you don't know what's gonna happen until you're there right so it's very interesting that you kind of do that i mean that's good though because if you're able to just kind of go on the fly like that Mm -hmm. i mean that's like talent right there Mm -hmm. well i see a lot of um like and i know the term is going to be familiar mood boards Mm -hmm. those Uh, are sick i see a lot of those i'm not familiar actually it's um it's this thing that a lot of photographers um or creatives in general will do where they'll like say this photographer say i were to schedule a shoot with you i would well my point i'm getting to is i don't do this and i (laughs) I should (laughs) but um what photographers would do is they would go through like I don't know, like Pinterest or, or Instagram or search online or wherever it may be, pull up like 10 draw or 10 portraits or looks or outfits or whatever, mm-hmm. put it all together and kind of present that to you as like, this is what we're going for. Yeah. Whereas when I shoot, I don't do that. I should do that because it would make things, it would, it would make the like, winging it a lot easier. Yeah. It would give, give you, you like a vision. Right. Yeah. That's the whole point. It's like, it gives you like a vibe of kind of what you're going for. That way, like you and anyone else involved can yeah. kind of see it and be like, okay, I get it now. I get like a sense of what you you're kind trying of match. to go for. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually brought this up to you. I've, I've like tried to, I, it was on a, I took a course, um, basically like this guy who like runs a clothing uh he like runs a print shop and he has his own clothing brand but Mm -hmm. he sold an online course and it went through everything and one of the things was doing mood boards for Mm -hmm. like coming up with new ideas for yeah a quote for your line like oh you want to do a fall line like what are what's going to inspire you to make it Hmm. and i still haven't done that but (laughs) but yeah it's a good idea (laughs) but it definitely it influences you a little bit even seeing that even planning that thought in your head right i mean like mentally do mood boards i do i think that's what it is i think i mentally like when i get to a place i mentally start piecing things together and how i see it yeah and another good thing of that is it's like an external factor that takes like the responsibility of the idea yeah where it's not all your responsibility to come mm. up with the, the idea. It's like there are some things out there, tools yeah. to help you. To kind of guide to you. To inspire and, you and right. motivate or whatever. I think I do a lot of that subconsciously. But I end up, I always end up regretting it. Not doing, not coming up with something like that on the, you know, when we get to the shoot. Because, like, you know, you've shot with me. When we get there, I'm... Oh, half the time I'm standing there with my camera to my head and I'm like, oh shit. Like you guys are like, all right, what do you want me to do? And I'm like, ah, hang on just a second. And it's got to come to me kind of, but that mood board idea would take a lot out of that. Yeah. And it would help the client too. Yeah. Get a bigger, better picture of where you're going with stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like if you were to show, um, just take that experience when we went to Adirondacks, you had me like sit on the rock and yeah. do like ninja pose or whatever. Like if you yeah. showed me an Instagram photo yeah. of something you're going for, then I'd be like, kind of... oh yeah, let's do this, you yeah. know, on the same page. Yeah. I feel like it, there's like a time and place for it though too. Cause yeah. for example, like a trip like that, I mean, anything could happen. Right. And mm-hmm. like, 
say you've never been to the Adirondacks before. You don't know what you're gonna what you're getting into. encounter. So yeah, one thing you're good at is just going with the flow. I I will say I'm thankful that I like, and it's always out of nowhere. Like it always, I always go into it with, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do, and then it always ends up coming. Like so, something ends up happening. I've been very lucky thus far. I think it's only been like one or two scenarios that it, just nothing came to me, mm-hmm. and but for the most part, it's the creative something is always is always going. So and that's another thing: figuring out your personality, how you function, yeah. mm-hmm. and then aligning how you function with something that actually is conducive to yeah bring that out of you. Right. Yeah. Maybe a mood board isn't what your style is. You yeah, know? a lot of and to bring things back a little bit it's a lot of it is music like i always on a shoot whether um no matter what kind of shoot it is i'm always pushing for some kind of music and i'll ask Mm -hmm. what you guys want to listen to whoever i'm shooting and um that usually sets the tone like if it's you play music while you're shooting yeah yeah so i so i did a shoot with some friends um shout out the nat lens uh aaron visuals and um, Isabel Coin on Instagram, all awesome models, photographers. Um, I was doing a shoot with them, and we were playing like this. We went and did this creepy, like, it was the abandoned Erie Canal Museum, and we did this, like, creepy kind of uh, mood where it was, you know, low light and it was abandoned and it was all this. And so we were playing to kind of get us in that headspace. We were playing like some eerie kind of folk music to kind of, and that's how, that's, that's awesome. I think my mood board is, is yeah. music a lot is it kind of gets me in that way of thinking mm-hmm. and yeah. And everyone does it differently. Everyone's got their own thing. And I can't stress that, stress that enough is that everyone, there's a different thing. Everyone's got a thing that kind of keeps them creatively thinking. And yeah. that just happens to be mine. That's like definitely a testament to um, kind of the thing that people say, like, don't try to be someone you're not Mm -hmm. or like, oh, I want to be like a great photographer like Mike Hearn. So I need to play music in my photo shoots. And it's like, well, Mm -mm. yeah, like, no, that's not you. That's that's my thing. That (laughs) might not be anyone else's thing. Sure it is. But that's but find your thing. And it's it's hard because when. Like, if someone were to tell me that, you know, like, you got to find your thing, you got to find what to do, I would be like, well, shit, now I got to go out and search for, like, what I need to do. Right. But it's really just got to hit you. It's got to, you've got to feel it's internal. it. It's internal. It's just, like, trial and error. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's it's very much, and like you said, Kyle, it's very much a personality thing. Like, I am very, very emotionally affected by music, and so I think that's, that reflects a lot in my photography is I always try to set the mood of the music I'm seeing or seeing hearing and kind of translate that into pictures but for someone else it might be like you know I don't know I don't know 
what else it could be. But, dude. but it's a personality thing, yeah. you know, is what I'm trying to say. Is there's probably is, some weird shit out there that oh, people dude, are doing. There's probably some crazy <laughs> shit that people are, are looking to as inspiration, but... This conversation yeah. is great. I'm great. <laughs> you're talking and, like, you're hitting on some words that are just, like, striking a chord in me. I'm getting, like, goosebumps. Like, really? Shit, yeah. Oh, shit, man. That's awesome. Thanks. <laughs> Lots of people are listening like, Kyle's fucking You're just, you're real real as shit, bro. (laughs) Thanks, dude. I try to be. I don't like, I don't, again, I was at a point where I was like, I gotta act cool. I gotta wear this. I gotta fucking, you know, do whatever to, to be, to fulfill this kind of image of Mm -hmm. what a photographer is or like what a professional photographer is. And fuck that. It's, it's who you are that really shines through into what you're shooting. And that's so important. If you're full of shit, people are going to tell that you're full of shit. People are going to be able to see. It's robotic. It's very robotic, yeah. People are going to be able to find that. Because people are intuitive. Some people not as much, but a lot of, for the most part, people are, people can meet someone and within like 10 minutes, they can be like, well, this person's full of shit. You know, like they... And so you have to be as authentic as possible or else why do it, you mm-hmm. know? For sure. Yeah. That's true. Plus, like, I, 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 it's probably just like a uh, um, stereotype or something, but you see it in, like, movies and other shit. Like, they depict, they, they build this picture of photographers, professional photographers mm-hmm. being, like, snotty nose, yeah. like... You're like you have to be like on a certain level to be getting pictures taken from me, like yes. that kind of shit. And I saw that, and I saw like a lot of movies that portrayed photographers that way. And I was like, well, shit, I don't want to be like that, you know. But I guess if that's if that's what it takes, then I'll I'll put on the disguise, you know. I'll do what I got to do. But I realized very very quickly that that's not what it's about. It's not about like having people be like, oh, I got to do this to shoot with you. It's not about that. It's Mm -hmm. if you're, you know, if you're vibing with somebody and you, I don't know, if you want to shoot, if you want to create something, you're going to create it and you might as well be real in doing that instead of just struggling. It's because it takes a lot to just put on a facade to, you know. Right, especially if it's not real. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> and so it's you... disrespectful to yourself. You're like, like compromising so who you much. Are. Yeah, you're putting on a, a mask. You're putting on, which I realize is a thing, you know, people that are kind of, people do that to, for the, to benefit how they are in public. And I realize that some people, that's their only option. But I'm saying, what I'm getting at is, don't be full of shit. Like, don't try to don't try to put don't try to be someone you're not because it's gonna it's gonna mm-hmm. fall apart. So we're talking a lot about who you are and yeah. personality and style and stuff. What is your style? Like if you were to describe what my shooting style or like no my just you style? like oh, who me? who What's is like oh, dude I don't know a lot of coffee <laughs> <laughs> that's so you're a hipster <laughs> dude I'm, ice coffee it's a label all the bro way, bro <laughs> <laughs> ice coffee and chai latte right. no, well let's chai. start basic like what what would you say is your like clothing aesthetic um comfortable you nice. know uh, <laughs> color coordinated it didn't used to be i used to wear like fucking fluorescent green and <laughs> yeah. orange in the same in high school yeah. i thought um what was it oh my god zoo york 
Yeah, uh, New yeah, York yeah. was a thing. And what's the other one? Billabong? No. Is it Billabong? Rip, rip Bill, Curl? Billabong. 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 Rip Curl. And, like, I used to think, like, colors didn't matter. Like, who gave a shit? I'll wear whatever. But now I try to, like, really match Piece what I'm wearing. Outfit Piece an outfit together yeah. and look aesthetically cool. Do you, do you dress a certain way when you go to shoots or are you just like how you would normally dress? You're like, I'm going. No, no. Well, it's um, like if it's a more professional themed, like if it's a wedding or right. if it's like a, um, an event kind of thing. Like I did a, um, a firefighters sell, like an award event. And so obviously I'm going to dress up for that mm-hmm. or a wedding. I'm going to at least put on like a nice pair of pants and a shirt. But if it's like um, a family set, or if it's a headshot set, or a model set, no, I'm just gonna dress how how I dress day to day. My style, I couldn't, I couldn't put a finger on it. I don't know. You've, well, you said comfortable. Very, yeah, I guess that's it. Really, it's just comfortable and like if I if I look in a mirror and I feel like yeah, I like that, then who gives a shit? You know, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I can't um, believe I said coffee as much. <laughs> you guys let me say that too. <laughs> it's on you, the it's record. On their, it's on there forever. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of coffee, man. <laughs> um, ah, so, shit. what was your first actual client experience? For, like, yeah, like what was your first like, like project gig? that you did? Yeah. Um. Oh my God, that's holy shit! I gotta think. I don't know. I gotta think. Or you would think I would have this like logged, like, right, like this, this is, is the a first momentous time. moment. Yeah. <laughs> but it was probably, if I'm being honest, it was probably like an aunt or an uncle that was like, "I'll pay you like fifty bucks if first you stranger." Care. Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> still I've like, never I done strangers. <laughs> I've never done strangers. <laughs> um, it took a while to like. For a while, it was either immediate or extended family, or friends of family, or friends of mine. Or, like, word of mouth. So I always kind of knew uh, of the person I was shooting or the family I was shooting or whatever it may be. But I think the first stranger that I ever... Like, the first gig that I was, like, nervous about that I was getting paid to do and I didn't want to fuck it up, um, I think... Oh, I do know, actually. So I was in... um, I was working at my other job, uh, Tully's on Erie Boulevard. And best it was tenders. Halloween, best tenors on earth. <laughs> I, it was Halloween. It was su- it was a really slow night. Uh, a friend of mine had one table. He was like, "I gotta take a break." He went on break. He was like, "Can you watch the table for me?" I said, "Sure." I went over. I talked him up. I uh, I was saying just checking on if they were good and everything. And we started talking. They said, "What do you do when you're not here?" I said, "I'm a photographer." They said, "Well, our daughter is getting married in a oh, year. Shit. They need a photographer." Do you have a card? I said, yes. I ran out to my car. I grabbed a, I grabbed a card. I ran it back in. I heard from the daughter the next day. Um, I was booked to do it uh, a week from that day. Damn. And then we did engagement photos, I think a few months from then. And that was really the first time that I was like, this is not word of mouth. This is not family. This is not someone that I kind of know who, you know, who it is. And so I didn't want to, I went into it like, nervous right. like actually nervous for the first time in a while um but it went great like they were the coolest people they they had a good feeling and i had a good feeling and it went well the wedding went great and but it was it's nerve-wracking the first couple times that you mm-hmm. do a paid job 
uh, a paid gig with you something like this. You want it perfect like or whatever. <laughs> you want it perfect, and you've gotta, you've gotta. If I can stress anything from a paid shoot, you've gotta remind yourself that in a creative, from a creative standpoint, you wanna put out the highest quality that you can. But it's like, it sucks because sometimes it's relative. Like I to get to a low point, um, I had a few weeks ago to a month ago, I did a maternity shoot um, with some people and I'd worked with the um, mother-to-be before as a model and um, things went great, paid gig, got paid the day of, uh, pictures turned out great. She booked me for this maternity shoot. Now, I we show up the day, we discuss the price, we discuss where it's gonna be, outfits, all that. We get there, they say, well, we you know, we need like a week to get the money, we get paid bi-weekly. I've worked with her before, I say sure. I think, I don't think twice about it. Shoot goes okay, I show them pictures as it's going along, they're liking them, I'm satisfied. We leave, uh, I get a, a call the next day, he needs the pictures immediately, the uh, fiance, the boyfriend, needs them immediately. So I'm kind of like, Okay, I gotta put six other projects on hold. I've gotta edit because all those. edit all these because they've got their baby shower a week, um, a week from the shoot date. And while that's not my fault, while like you know that was bad scheduling on their end, I was like, okay, well I've got to do this for them. I'll get them. I got them sixty photos. I thought were good quality. Sixty photos. I thought were good quality. That's a lot, yeah. And. I get a call the next day after I deliver the photos to them. Um, and he's like, listen, man, she hates these. These are garbage. These are trash. Wow. Like, and I, she does not want to pay you. Uh, I don't want to pay you. We're not going to pay you. Um, like it's, you've ruined the baby shower, all this. It went on for like an hour. Like the phone I, call? Just the phone call. Jesus. And it was just demeaning. It was awful it was like for me i was like shutting down i was like fuck what did i do are these that bad i went and i showed my family i was like are these okay like what what could i have done better what and they're like no they're fine like the quality is fine what do you why what's going on so i talked to him the next day because they're still trying to get more photos out of me they're like well maybe try other ones try to send us more so the next day i um I'm, I really put my foot down and I'm like, look, I'm not going to get screwed over. We agreed on this price. I've got to get a portion of that price before you get any more photos, before we can move forward. They said they don't want to do it. They said they're, they don't want to pay me at all. They want the photos. It got to a point, to speed things up down the, down the road, it got to a point where um, they agreed on $50 and they would just keep the ones that I had sent them. So it went from 200 to 50 bucks. Um, Fuck. And yeah. <laughs> so we met up um, because, and what ultimately uh, got them to kind of comply, I guess, because, okay, and I want to make one thing clear before I go any further in the story. I, if something is wrong, I offered them so many alternatives, that initial phone call. I said, I would be happy. I would love to do another shoot. We can do it tomorrow if you guys are free where you guys can kind of really guide what you want. Tell me what you want. Be very clear. I can do, you know, give me another couple of days. I'll edit more. I was trying everything right. that it's I not could like you be were just accommodating. Like rolling over. It wasn't like I was like, oh, shit. Okay, well, you know, sorry. 
you know, still got to get paid. Give me right. whatever. I was like, I'll do any, I'll do whatever I can to make you guys happy. They weren't having any of it. They were like, nope, we're not paying you. They suck. That's it. So fast forward two days, we meet up. They pay me fifty dollars. Um, I sign the rights to the sixty prints that they've got already. I get a phone call an hour after that meeting, and he's like, "Listen, I just wanted to apologize for anything mean I might have said while I'm upset." Wow. You are one of our favorite photographers. Your work is beautiful. We hope you do our newborn pictures. We'd love to work with you again. And I just said, I don't think that's going to happen. After after two days of just... Yeah, what? Of just, it was... The point I'm getting to, and I know I'm ranting. The point I'm no, getting no. to is you're going to have awful clients that like make you really feel like shit. But you've got to just bounce back. Like two days after that, I had a wedding, so I really had to go from Change that. Gears and just I had to like switch and just. You might have like, needed that though to get out of that hole. <laughs> you're you're absolutely right because had I not had any work lined up after that, I might have like sat in a funk for a while. Yeah. So exactly. while that story might have dragged on, the purpose of telling it is like, just they're always gonna have people, no matter what field, that are gonna try to play you or that are gonna mm. try to like take advantage and yeah. that sucks that sucks about a creative field i don't get i'm why would they... i'm still just confused why like how they went from shitting on you to being like we fucking love you well what <laughs> um the popular consensus from talking to friends and family about what it might have been is they just wanted a discounted price and i and i offered them i was like listen i'll you know i'll take a discounted price and i'll work with you guys i just want you to be happy and enjoy the photos right. and all this and they just were not it was, ugh, it was awful. Bad. Was Who knows awful. is what it comes down to. Who knows? At the end You'll of the day, never know. I'll never know. I'll never know because it's, there was a lot of, um, like details that I obviously won't share, um, that are between me and the couple that I'm not, I'm not the kind of person to, I won't name names, none of right. that, but you never know. You never know what the reason is. Mm -hmm. You just got to yeah. take that, bite it, keep going. Like yeah. you gotta, yeah. it sucks. And like you said, it's all relative. Yeah. You can cut any of that if you need to. <laughs> no, no. I thought that was a good story. That was gold. That was a good story. Dude, we're, I mean, we're not even like on an hour yet. And one of our podcasts went almost two hours. So <laughs> oh, damn. Don't even sweat it. Dude, cool, Joe man. Rogan puts out like three hour podcasts. <laughs> you watch the one with Elon Musk. I I saw the clips. I saw oh, the clips smoking where they're smoking weed. weed. Yeah, dude, that is the crazy podcast episode. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Did I see? I read somewhere that uh, Tesla stock like plummeted after you that. You want to know what? Because so, of that? No, it's not. SEC. So he Elon Musk tweeted out like a month ago mm -hmm. that he was gonna take Tesla private, <clears throat> which is 100% illegal. Because Very. it's a publicly traded company. Yeah. And so he tweeted that and people freaked the fuck out. Yeah. Right? Like, like anyone else would. Yeah. Especially if you have a shit ton of money in Tesla stock, you're yeah. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, the SEC, uh, like filed like a, a, a I don't know a what you call it. some, some like lawsuit against him. They yeah. sued him basically. Oh my God. And, uh, he had to he had to pay like four million dollars or some shit, and he had his um, chairman title stripped from him. So really? he's no longer the chairman of Tesla. He's what? just a CEO. Well, what? 
That's so basically, crazy. now he has less say yeah. in what actually decisions get made with Tesla. Wow. He doesn't get to vote on anything anymore. That's crazy. Hmm. Holy shit. I, it's, and then he, he talks shit about the SEC. Which right. <laughs> again, plummeted him yeah, even more. Of well, yeah, of course. You're not yeah, doing yourself so, any favors. It's, it's crazy, though, um, because uh, there's a podcast we listen to called Group Chat, and... Uh, they talk about Elon a lot, and yeah. basically the consensus is that like he's like a smart dude, and he's definitely yeah. like some like a person humankind needs right now. But yeah. like he's kind of like off his rocker with the kind of shit he's been up to lately, and yeah. like I don't know what is causing that. He's but. just like so out of touch with reality because he's literally on another planet. Well, he's like, he, yeah, he's like living 40 years in the future right now. And he's he like can't. talking about AI and shit that people are like, he just can't relate to us. No. He's yeah. all the way up here. We're, we're I mean, here. We're the fools. Yeah. If you watched it though, like just like his, the way he talked and his mannerisms, it was very like, interesting i was like you're an odd you're human. a weird dude. yeah <laughs> you're an odd person <laughs> isn't that funny how i've met some people um like off of instagram that i like their work and i'll then i'll meet them and like you you meet them and you're like you're not at all the person that i that i expected when i right. you could even see a photo and you're like okay i kind of get the gist of like what they might be like and then you meet them and you're like wow that's not at all what i was expecting mm-hmm. um that's just crazy. Yeah. That's nuts. Do do we come off as the kind yeah, of people question. that make the stuff that we make? Uh, <laughs> yes. So, like, you guys are just, you make, when you, um, I met you today. Yeah. I met Kyle a few months ago, but meeting you guys, you can tell, like, again, people are intuitive. You can tell, like, if someone's a good dude or not, and I could tell right away you guys are both cool, and the kind of stuff that you're creating is reflective of who you are. And you can tell that just from meeting you. You can tell that you guys are genuine and you you want to see this succeed because it's going to help a lot of people. It's going to, like, benefit a lot of people that are unsure of what they want to do, you know? And so it's cool. The fact that you guys are doing that is, yeah, yeah it's reflective yeah. of who you are and you guys are cool. That's one thing that happens as a creative. You get, like, stuck in your head. Yeah. Well, personal, personal. Like, I get stuck in my head and then I'm like, I got to do this, this, and this, but at the in the back end, you're forgetting like the influence that you have on your close friends or yeah. like people that know you, and like you're inspiring others. You know, that's mm-hmm. a, that's another yeah. cool thing that goes along with this. Because you, as someone, you're right. As someone, per, like personally, coming from myself, it's um, I think I put so much into the work I'm putting out that I forget that I like I am a thing. You know? <laughs> and so right. like. So that has an influence on people as well. And I forget that sometimes. I don't even realize that. Mm. But it does. It's you. Um, yeah, you like as a person, you kind of put that out there and affect people as well. Not just the art you're putting out. And hopefully you, people can connect it to. People can see one and relate it to the other and vice versa. Yeah, to connect really? all of these dots here. I yeah. just want to interject a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so here we're talking about like Elon Musk, we're talking about like mindset, yeah. self-awareness, like influence on the world, the people around you. And like, this is all coming from you. Mm. Like, and you didn't go to college, like you dropped out of college. Yeah. Like you go to college because you want to become more worldly. And mm. here we're talking with a kid that didn't go to college and he has all of this in his head. Like, 
Let's go into that. (laughs) So I don't want to, I don't want to condone dropping out. I don't at all. But also it was probably one of the better things that I've done. It was probably one of the smarter things I've done. I immediately went to, I traveled to California with some friends. I lived there for three months. Nice. Um, I worked on, that was really, I should have, I don't know how it took me this long to remember this, to connect it. Like in this podcast, right. it that's really where like my creative, like it really kind of grabbed like a, it grabbed a vision. My creative when you went to Cali, when I went to Cali, you kind of really I don't know what it is about California. Anyone will tell you that's that's been, but like it really grabbed a hold on my creative vision and stuck since. Like I've just had that imprint, like the influence that California had on me and traveling had on me and living on my own for three months. That did more than a year in college did for me. And again, I'm not trying to... Hey, no. But that's so interesting because you dropped out of college because you felt like you weren't an adult. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so I wanted to go... (laughs) So I went to California. I lived there for a few months with some friends of mine. I, um, I really learned a lot there about like being away from your parents, your siblings, whoever it may be. And... It just, it's so, it teaches you so much when it, when you're thrown on your own. I know college is basically that, but I don't know. It was, the the two seem separated for me. I've done a lot of traveling. I've done all that, but by far California is like the kickoff point. I think the difference in that scenario as opposed to going to college, because I I mean, we both went to college for four years, um, is... With college, it's like you are living on your own, mm. blah, 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 but you're also like in like an organized, structured yes. like system. So there's always someone around that can kind of keep you like yeah level if you're willing to put the work in. Whereas like you were like, I'm going out to California and yeah. I really don't even know what I'm doing mm. yet. So yeah. like there's the there's no structure in that so that you have to you're like forced to figure it Just out by yourself, yourself yeah. in the culture yeah which i think it. you would probably mature quicker in that scenario as opposed to like some more or less like a system like coddling you through and i feel like years. i did i feel like i did mature quite a bit when i was out there because again i went out there when i was i think 19 or 20 and I immediately, like, when I came back, I felt like a different person. Because not so much a lot of it to do with the place, but you're right. Like, there's no structure. There's no one out there telling you, like, okay, you got to do this. Make sure you've got this by this. You're just there. And you're seeing everything for the first time. And you're, like, you're really just making the decisions yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time that you've done that. And it's so, it's very liberating. And it, it does. It teaches you so much. It's crazy. Where in California were you? Uh, it was an like an hour outside of Sacramento. Okay. Um, it was uh, this little town called Bangor, and it was beautiful. So I went. Um, I actually did this program called Woofing. Uh, I don't know if you guys know worldwide organization of farm. organic farming. Yeah, 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 yeah. You do know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was awesome. So that went uh, led me from Bangor to. Um, I couldn't tell you the specific. I know the place was called Close Our Own. It's a, a vineyard. And I ended up living on a vineyard for half the time. I shared the time That's going sick. back and forth. And I was woofing there. And it was awesome because you get to meet people that other woofers. You get to meet the people that are like in charge of the farm. And again, that t- that just throws so much at you. And at that age, I was so impressionable. And so it 
yeah, a lot of it stuck. And um, I lived on a, um, a like a weed farm, like a marijuana farm, for mm-hmm. half the time. And again, if you can't as a woofer, no, no, oh. no, not as a woofer, but that's <laughs> no, like this is this is fine. Okay, Talk cool. <laughs> I just want to make sure, like, before I say anything, we're looking but, into buying CBD. Actually. Yeah, we want. <laughs> oh, no, we want to be a yeah. Oh shit! But, that's caveat. <laughs> um, so I was when I was there, I was spending my time half on a vineyard, half on a, a farm, a girl farm, and it, the girl farm wasn't woofing at all. Like, I don't think they were there yet, but. Um, <laughs> but that had a lot to do with my creativity as well. And not to, that's a whole other conversation is like what weed has to, how it how affects it, yeah, right. the creative process. The creative process. That's a whole separate conversation. But I think it did have a lot, it did play a big part in um, me taking a big step forward in my photography. That's, I mean, weed played a part in a lot of what I did early early on with what we do the thing is i don't even i don't smoke anymore i haven't smoked regularly in about like two years or so uh two maybe three years but i still i don't know something about it just kind of really do you have you um suffered quote no have you experienced mental health um um issues and stuff in the past like what what do you mean depression anxiety like any any, i don't want to label it any like (laughs) element uh in i won't get too much into it but like in going from um the catholic school i went to in sixth grade to the public school i went to um for lack of a better description there was a lot of like you know these kids who are just kids i want to make that a point um had been friends for years. They'd all get on to school since pre-K and I was this newcomer coming in. So I got fucked with a lot and you know, that did a lot. And I was, I've always been a very, like I carry my emotions, like who I am. Mm -hmm. So I did get to a point where I kind of struggled with depression for a little bit. And I really think that finding the right group of friends, finding the Mm -hmm. right creative outlet and finding something like, Again, not to be a proponent for weed, but it was pretty helpful. In it was a tool. You, yeah. It was a tool to get you out of that negative headspace. Mm-hmm. And I was in that headspace for quite a while. And I attribute me getting out of that to picking up photography, um, smoking weed, and finding good friends in high school. Like, I can't stress enough how much friends are important. That shit is so yeah. important. Yeah. So something that, uh, to piggyback off what you're saying with friends is... Um, yeah. I agree. Having like good friends around you is important, but it's also about not necessarily just that they're like a good friend to you, mm. but that they're almost more of a support to you as well. Mm-hmm. And what I mean is like, you can have a great friend who's like always like your guy, or whatever or gal, but they may not like actually po- bring positive like influence into yeah. what you're doing. So. Mm-hmm. They may not necessarily ask you about what you're doing yeah. and or trying to like help uplift you if you're in a bad spot. Yeah. And so like something I personally did recently, and this is just kind of from other entrepreneur minds like preaching about it, is just like not saying like fuck you to people, but more just distancing myself from mm-hmm. like People I like, but they're not necessarily the most positive influence on me. And 
that like changed a lot in terms of like you're just around different mindsets when you're kind of picking and choosing who you really spend your time with. Yeah. Kind of forms a little bit of who you are through that process and just like figure out your place in the world a little bit and who you want to surround yourself with. Right. And it's not like, because you end up finding more people that way. Yeah. Or not that way, but like that you might be able to click with. Yeah. You know, you feel that when you really meet someone. It it definitely uh, plays a role Mm -hmm. into your consideration of spending time with someone like True. if you just met someone and you kind of get like the vibe of them and you think that they're positive you might want to start spending more time with said person if they're like a really great other great photographer and you're like yeah. oh word like we could really like collab or something yeah whereas like they could be a great photographer but also have like a really negative like outlook, outlook. Or, yeah. yeah and that could just like screw up your whole thing so yeah. you have to and it's so important to to um not say fuck you necessarily to those people but to kind of just recognize that yeah. you're in a spot where they're not positively affecting you and distance yourself and there have been uh, unfortunately there have been people and there always will be in everyone's lives there will be people that you've like you really do enjoy being around but they're not necessarily the best for you so you've got to kind of in order to grow, you've got to kind of distance yourself and just do the yeah, mature right. thing. And, yeah. Because at the end of the day, the only one that's really going to give a shit about you is you. Yeah. Well, the only one that you can 100% guarantee. Yeah, yeah. you can count on yourself first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's hard to count on yourself when you have a negative influence. Or, or not, maybe not even necessarily negative. It could be negative. Or just it's not negative, but it's also not positive. It's yeah. just kind of like... It's just a person taking up your time. I see it as like I see it as like you're on you're walking this path and you've got this one person that's not like you enjoy walking down that path with them, but they're ever so slightly nudging you, like pulling you away. Pulling from you away. Yeah, they're just kind of holding you and back. And you don't even realize you're uh-huh. kind of slowly straying. And so you've gotta you've gotta just like separate yourself so you can stay right where you're I at. think yeah. I think the best way to go about it uh, for I guess for anyone listening to who may be cons- thinking about this now um is like you can still hang out with these people it's not oh, like yeah. we're, it's not no. like we're like f- you're never going to see yeah. the, the person again but it's like if you spend like 5 days out of the week with uh, a, set, person. a, a one person or a group of people that yeah. don't necessarily push you forward in what you're doing in your craft or whatever mm. like maybe you shouldn't spend so much time dicking around playing video games with right. your best friend exactly. when none of them have aspirations of like of doing, doing something great do. right yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. That's like a good you don't, way of putting you it, don't man. have to like. <laughs> Seriously, we we uh, said it in a podcast before. It's like working for someone else and like working nine to five or going to school. Like that's totally fine. Yeah. But when you're doing something for your own, that could be like that other mindset of not doing something on your own mm. could be detrimental to someone that's close to you doing something on their own. And that's what's that's what's crazy is that someone could have this nine to five mindset. And that's not a bad mindset to have. Like that's that gets you where you need to go. That's if that's what drives you, that's fine. But that mindset could be a detriment to your mindset, which is fuck a nine to five. I want to do. I want to uh, make something 
out of what I can do. I want to make something out of um, who I am. Right. And that's and there are there are good and bad sides to both. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But yeah, like the stability for one instance. Right. On one hand, yeah. Um, whereas like the growing in your individual individuality. Yeah. So that's not to say those people are bad people at all. No. But it's just you, if it's not the mindset that you're sharing, mm-hmm. then it's, I don't know, you've got to kind of break away a little bit. Not separate mm-hmm. yourself, but... Yeah. Right. We're talking a lot about liberation. Yeah. Um, you touched on it a little bit when you were talking about the California trip, and now we're hitting home with it again, with the idea of, like, distancing yourself from unlike-minded people does this have any connection to childhood per se what like the idea of liberation and and separating yourself kind of thing mm-hmm. like like what what was life like as growing up Mike Hearn as a child uh, with the, was, the parents and family structure it was good um I've got three siblings um one older uh, Morgan, she's the oldest, and then me, and then my younger sister, and then, uh, my youngest brother, Matt, um, call him Maddie. he's, like, my best friend, he's, um, he's pretty cool, but no, my family's always been supportive, it's always been, it's been, it's a family, you know, you've got, you kind of, everyone else sees it from the outset, so they're like, oh, that's a sweet, that's a nice family, and you right. see it from your point of view, and everyone's batshit crazy, and you know, you... That's family, though. That's family, yeah, <laughs> exactly, and, um, but no, life was not, it wasn't hard by any means, oh. it was, I got along with my siblings, we fought, like, like I siblings mean, yeah. do, like, me and my sister used to get in fist fights all the time, like, Damn. when we were, when we were, like, young, right. young, but, um... When you couldn't knock her out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but no, things weren't bad, man. Things were good. It wasn't, it really wasn't until like, like middle school, high school that really like shit got kind of like, I was at this, I was doing, you know, okay, things were fine. Family life's good. Like elementary school's good. It was really just meeting shitty kids that, and that's, and shitty kids can grow up into good people. That's fine. But but shitty kids at the time are shitty kids, and that fucks with your self-esteem and, like, you know... Especially if you're the brunt of yeah. all of that. Yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> the new kid. Yeah, so that that took a toll, if anything. That, like, that did a lot. But, again, that's something I feel like was productive in the long run because it, it shaped me into being a stronger person. It shaped me into being someone that can take criticism, that can... And in this field, you have to be able to take criticism and evolve with mm-hmm. it like take that and run with it and turn it into a positive turn it into a positive right. yeah like okay this person said that you know my framing isn't that great i'm gonna work on that like maybe they're right or maybe they're wrong but you've got to mm-hmm. take it see it and kind of evaluate it that way what do you but, say how do you compare with your your personal values with your family values with your family's values well, we we grew up uh, Catholic. We were raised Catholic. Uh, we went to church every Sunday, every Sunday. And I'm not as structured in that way uh, by religion anymore. I I still follow certain Catholic um, traditions, ideals, traditions, yeah. kind of thing. But that played a big role in our family growing up, and so my ideals. Um, 
are kind of different than my family's as far as that and as far as me and my uh, siblings kind of are all very close so we all share a similar mindset as of 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 life and things like that like the individuality yeah yeah like that it's very important to carry who you are and be who you are and kind of um like we all have not really done the uh designated way that you know is laid out for people like my sister she her calling was to be a mom she uh has got three kids awesome kids that she like that's what she wants to do that's what she wants to do my younger sister she's kind of still figuring it out she's nuts she i love her but she's she's still she's figuring it out and my younger brother he is interested in photography too so he he's kind of watched me he's 8 oh, he's 18 he's 8 years younger than me so he's always been there the last like 6 7 years when i've really started to take this seriously and uh, get into it and follow me on certain things. And so he's kind of figuring out his own thing too. So you guys are all basically in the the, the mindset of the individualities similar. Absolutely. Um, do you think that was influenced by your parents? No. No. Okay. No. So my parents were, uh, they're no longer together. They're separated. Um, but they were... I will, you know what? I shouldn't have immediately said no. They were incredible raising us. They were very supportive of our ideas of what we wanted to even do. Even the the even being the individuality. Yeah. yeah. Cool. They were cool. they were realistic, you know, and to the point where like they would be like, "Well, that's amazing. We want you to do that. You have to have a fallback. Really? You have to have something." There's always like, the but. Always <laughs> always with your parents. True, yep. True. So that was always there, but it was at the forefront was always you got this like you you can do it you're smart you're like you're motivated kind of thing they were always very uh enforcing so or not like, enforcing um encouraging yeah so like idealist traditionalists yes yeah like they were very um traditional in the sense of they were raised catholic on their ends and so they wanted to instill that on us and the ideals of Catholicism and all that and the morals. <clears throat> and those have stuck with us. And I think those are what yeah, are... Yeah, just be a good person kind of thing. It's really yeah. not that hard. Like, yeah. it's... it's <laughs> it's Everyone thinks it's like this huge... This huge right. secret. But really, it's just be a fucking good person. Yeah. And don't, don't be... Don't be a shithead. Yeah. Yeah. So what? that was like really ingrained in us. But... And that's, I think, what stuck the most. Again, I don't... Um, I don't really follow the same structure that they ingrain in us, except for be a good person. Like, you know, respect your family, love your family. Like, it's important. They're important. They're always going to be your best critics, your best friends, like your everything. So what did your, uh, like, what do your parents do or did, what did they do career wise? I'm just curious. Uh, My mom, she's had the same job for about, I think, 30 years or so. She works for, um, she like... We always joked that she worked when we were kids because we had no idea what the fuck she did. She, we said she worked for the CIA because she would go to an office, wouldn't be able to tell us what she did, and then come home and like, it carried on for years. But she works in like IT for lawyers and stuff okay. like that. So she handles a lot of lawyers' cases and things like that. And she's good at it. She's awesome. She's still doing that today. Uh, my dad, he was a, a drug and alcohol uh, rehabilitator 
rehabilitation uh, counselor. Okay. So I was around that a lot. Um, in that he worked for the Salvation Army. Around the population? Around, like, yeah, the people that lived there and were rehabbing and things okay. like that. Like, I would go hang out with my dad, and in turn, I would see these people. And it was so... I think, you know what, that had a big part in wanting to do something for myself to where it would positively affect people. Mm-hmm. Because every day I went in that place, and someone knew what would come impact. up to me and say, like, do you know who your dad is? Do you know what he did for me? Like, how... I would have been, like, you know, here. I would have been dead. I would have been whatever. But, Damn. like, it's it was crazy. Hearing that as, like, a kid, you're like, my dad's a fucking superhero. Yeah, I was like, going to say, awesome. you probably, like, I, idolize your dad after that. I did, yeah. He was, he, and he still is the shit. He, um, he's changed career paths a little bit, like, varying here and there. What's he at now? He is working for ACR Health, so he's okay. still in like a Doing, yeah that kind of general kind of giving back to humanity in exactly. a sense. Yeah, he's always been. I think that's I get a lot of it from him, in that like um, non traditional like find a creative find a way to help people. Not necessarily because what I'm doing is like it's creative and it, mm-hmm. I hope it influences people. But he's always been someone I looked up to as far as like what he did has always been not for himself you know right. the selfless direct yes. i'm gonna help you yeah put myself on the back burner kind of thing exactly yeah um kyle brought this up he said that you guys had this conversation before but i like wanted to touch on it because i thought it was interesting mm. but he was talking about um that you guys were talking about like i guess the taboo nature of like nudity in mm-hmm. photography and like that shit fascinated me. So, <laughs> well, so I wanted to say that when we were talking about family, and you said like, "Do your does your family share your ideals?" And when it comes to that, absolutely not. My, <laughs> oh shit. My mom. So my mom, like a couple days a week, works for the church, the same one we all went to. So she was having this. Uh, they were the church was having this fundraiser uh, for the school because it's attached to the school. And she thought it would be cool, and I agreed. I was like, absolutely, that sounds awesome. If she, there was this auction, and she, if she included, like, a package, like, you know, you win, like, a family photo package from uh, me, from my current. Yeah. And um, so she was like, she texted me one day. I was at work. I, it was out of my control. She texted me. She was like, hey, I'm just going to go on your Instagram and uh, just pull some family photos from there to, like, give people a general idea and I was like I before I could even say no because I was at work I didn't see it I saw her later and she was like what is all that porn on your Instagram oh like, no I literally dude I felt like a child I was like mom it's art yeah <laughs> but it's but oh, so my my siblings my brother sees it a similar way I do it's art it's beautiful it's how it should be perceived my older sister, not as much. She's, you know, she's more in a traditional sense of, like, she doesn't... I don't know. I don't know. They don't agree as much, my sisters, um, but... That Interesting is, how the females don't agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, my dad thinks it's awesome as well. So it is interesting how, like... The, Do you think that's just, like, an insecurity thing? I don't know. It very well could be, but also I think it's, like, a... What I think it is is them specifically, like, it's not that they don't appreciate the art. I think it's that it's coming from me, and I'm their brother, and so they, 
like they're like oh that's weird you know how like yeah are you guys only children do you have siblings or no, i i have two older brothers so it would be like like if one of your brothers was a sister and they were like openly talking about like their sex life i feel like that's what it's because uh, okay. it's not it's taboo and i think that comes full circle to what you were asking me is that people perceive it as taboo there's no it's generalized not, there's understanding. No, there's that. no sexualization. There shouldn't right. be anywhere. There can be, but like in my work, I don't think there's a sexualization. I think it's like taking something and making it that that is taboo and using it and kind of changing people's perceptions of it. And so I'm trying to do that and I hope that my sisters kind of like see it different in right. a different light, but I generally people generally I just want I don't know. It sucks that people see that and they take it as like, that's a nipple, God forbid, you know, or like that's, Mm -hmm. like we were talking about in the Adirondacks, like you've got to, it's a taboo subject, but like a lot of times people are open to, to trying things like that. And like, you know, because it's, it's to keep using the word, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Things like that, art like that is beautiful. The thing is at the end of the day, because it's taboo, you're not going to know what someone's perception of that is until mm. you get in the nitty-gritty and talk yeah. have yeah. conversation about yeah. this topic so it's like not at the point right now where we can say like in general it's art or in general it's taboo you, you shouldn't do it you know mm. it's kind of like, like muddy water yeah, yeah. it's like mm-hmm. and that's kind of to to bring it home to bindalism what we're doing mm. is this idea of individualism being a self-made entrepreneur that's still kind of like taboo in Mm. our society yeah you know and so that's kind of like what we're doing is we don't really know what it's like to be an entrepreneur so what well we do because we are that but other people what it's like so yeah we're gonna you know have a conversation about it right and pick your mind see what it's it's actually interesting that you brought that up because I've noticed, and maybe maybe you get this too, um, it, whether it's talking about that style of photography, is like when you talk to people that don't know or they're uncomfortable talking about it, they mm. kind of like shut down. They don't want, they just they don't want to They shy hear. away from yeah. it. Yeah. Like we talk about just like, I want to talk to someone, just kind of like reflect about what we're doing. Yeah. And because they don't connect with it or yeah. they don't like want to do something so on their own, they're just away. like, yeah. they don't bring any value to the conversation. I'm like, oh, right. you're not the right person to talk to, I guess. And right. it's not even that. They don't even want to understand. Right. Right. And Some I, people do, but. I love my sisters to death. And I keep using that as an example because they're like a face of the general population of people that you, that don't want to like see it as as something that's not sexualized that's not taboo to talk about that like they don't they see it and like like you guys like you try to talk to someone about being an entrepreneur that doesn't know the first thing about being an entrepreneur doesn't want to and that's got to be so frustrating because you're getting no feedback you're getting no response you're just getting like well i don't get it I don't, or maybe you as a photographer and that's how it works for like a lot of times with me is I'll talk to like just people in passing or people that'll comment on my work or like they'll make a a subtle comment here or there like I don't get it it's just you know it's nudity like what's the big deal or Mm -hmm. like why why do you have to include nudity in it you know and that's to be fair a good question but also it's 
just the style that I incorporate. It's mm-hmm. a tool, like you said, to like really tell a story or to change people's perceptions mm-hmm. like you guys are doing. And it's funny how we're connecting nudity and entrepreneurship, but is that the mm-hmm. right word? Entrepreneur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But they're, you know, you guys are trying to really change the narrative on how it really is okay to be an entrepreneur, to do things for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to not really, I'm just not pushing boundaries, I think, but I'm trying to just, if it's like we were talking about to come full circle, like we were talking about in the Adirondacks, if I can change one person's perception of nudity and art, then I've done my job. If I can have one person look at my art and think that's beautiful instead of, well, I shouldn't be looking at that. That's like, that's they're like, I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's why I do it. And Just so, change someone's perspective Yeah, to, so, to a positive. Yeah. But and, in, so and also not in a way that you're forcing that opinion no. on mm-hmm. anyone. You're just like, no. this is how I perceive it. This is why I'm doing it. Yeah. And when you explain it to someone and you just see like that like moment, like the, the light, light bulb go, go off, they're yeah. like, oh shit, I get it. You're yeah. like, mm-hmm. let's go. Fuck yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. And that's why I do it. That's yeah. why I do it. Not just with nudity and art, but art in general. Right, That's why I do it. To have someone... I had the highest compliment the other day. I was meeting with this couple. They were looking for wedding photographers. They wanted to meet with me to see if we were a right fit. We went out for drinks. And we were talking. And the guy... Like, we were talking about, like, with uh, intuition and all that. Like, you can tell if someone's a good person or not. Usually within the first couple minutes if you're mm-hmm. going to vibe with them. And the highest compliment I've gotten, one of the highest compliments I've gotten, because my family, they're always nice and saying nice <laughs> things. But he, I was like, well, if you don't mind me asking, what made you guys want to go with me? And he said, we were looking through a bunch of wedding photographers. She was looking through a bunch of wedding photographers and showing me. And I was like, ah, okay, all right, whatever. And she showed me your work. Um, and I like, I was like, wow. And I looked at it and I felt what the couple was feeling like with engagement Mm -hmm. photos or wedding photos. And that to me immediately was like this, this is why I do what I do to elicit that response. Like it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing. When I have someone look at my work and say, yes, that makes me happy. That's why that's crazy. Like I'm, I'm just one, like trying to visualize like this guy looking at like who knows, tens, 20 different photographers. And you were the first one where he's like, yes, it was, that's incredible. I can't believe like, it was just so humbling and so incredibly, incredibly like uplifting to hear that. Like Mm -hmm. I, I had to, I don't take compliments well at all. (laughs) So I was like, I was like, ah, great. Thanks. That's so nice. Thank you. Great. Awesome. But really like on the inside, I was like, holy shit, this is the coolest fucking thing anyone Mm -hmm. said to me because that's, again, that's why I do it to reach people, to get like people that look at a photograph and say, because a lot of people, you can, anyone can look at a photograph and be like, oh, that's cool. But when someone feels it, when someone sees it and connects with it, that's why the artist does what they do, you know? Yeah, that's very true. Photography in general, like what you're doing, it can be so intimate, mm-hmm. like in experiences like that. Yeah. But it can also be so macro on the scale yeah. of like you're putting it on the world wide web and yeah. it's reaching millions of people. And there's so much, so much flexibility to it. 
mm-hmm. that it goes from that large to that small in such a like fucking instant of a moment. You know, it's crazy. It me. is because the pictures I'm posting like get seen by like a fair amount of people, and to have it affect directly that one person to go from you're saying like all these people to this one person approaching me and saying like. That was amazing. And it's the same craft. It's the same craft. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. And I think that has a lot to, like, we were started talking about in the beginning, like, Instagram and reach and, like, community, building a community that kind of, like, I don't know, just positively influence one another mm-hmm. and tell people, like, hey, right. listen, man, try something else. Or, like, hey, listen, that's amazing. Keep going. That's, <laughs> that's important. Yeah. And you're doing it. <laughs> I'm trying man I'm trying. I hope like it's all it's until I hear things like that that I um you know am questioning whether because you're always gonna question like am I doing the right thing and you're always gonna yep. see something that hits you that you're like yes I am and that was one of those moments where I'm like I'm doing the right thing I want to keep doing this for myself I keep bringing it up and I feel like I bring it up, bring it up in every podcast that we do. Mm. But the quote of like, you are the most unique person in this world. Like there's something about you that makes you special. And Mm. when you can tap into what makes you special, then you're doing the right thing because no one else can replicate that. Yeah. That's crazy. That's interesting. They like to think of it that way because it's like people think about oh i'm stuck in my nine to five like i'm just gonna like regret the rest of my life or whatever like i'm I'm never going to like be any better and it's like i think everyone has the same opportunity in their lifetime regardless of situations right like people can come from really shitty situations and become like the most you know influential people or really rich um i think it's really just tapping it's like taking time to really like find who you are mm-hmm. um yeah that's powerful that is very powerful and it's in the journey it's yeah. not like oh one night over <clears throat> overnight you're like oh i got it <laughs> right i mean <laughs> wow <laughs> some, some but people, it's always a work in progress always some yeah. people don't find find that like spark or like what makes them unique until they're 45 you know yeah. like it i think that's the thing is you have I know you. We have like a finite number of years to be alive, but it's like it, there's really no like. I don't Boundaries. Know. Yeah, it, it, you, it could take you most of your life, but if you find it, like that could change That's your whole the rest special. of your life. Yeah. After that. Yeah. And I mean, I think we're all three of us are lucky to have kind of tapped into He's that so, so early. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are, like you were saying, there are people that like don't find it. Until they're, what, 45, 50, mm-hmm. like, 60. And then they'll change career paths. They'll, right. like, switch and do what makes them happy. Because it's never too late to, like... No. To find yeah. what you want to do. And we're very lucky, I think, to to be the age we are and to have found it and be honing in on it and, like, doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we have that much more time to grow in right. that specialty, right. so to speak. Right. Exactly. Like, I'd rather... <clears throat> Like if I if I could wish or like a in a ideal world I you know I would have known what I wanted to do like you know day one but mm-hmm. I, you know that's yeah it's not our truth you know no yeah so you have to work at it 
and see. Yeah, right. And there's always doubts too. Like you could be so sure one day that you're like this super intuitive person and that's your thing. Yeah. I don't even know what it is, but that's your thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like in being good at intuition. Yeah. And then one day you get tripped up and you're like doubting yourself like no yeah i'm actually a very pragmatic and practical person i gotta be a lawyer now yeah yeah like, but that's the thing that's in every field i feel like people have that like you've got days where you're like fuck what am i doing i should do like a nine to five because i gotta because what am i doing right but like you're right there's always going to be that self-doubt you just got to I don't know. Trust the process. Trust the process <laughs> I, and not switch to being a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I think one one good thing that I've kind of like a theme I've heard from other minds is like you may not know necessarily know what the calling is, mm -hmm. but it's like you know you have a calling. Like you've tapped into something that's unique or creative in you and you're just like, I can't go down the same path as everyone else. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, but I don't know what I need to be doing. Like, I know there's something. I just don't know what it is. It's like, you just got to fucking try shit. Yeah. Tr like, try something. And once you find something you're kind of good at, fucking, like, triple Stick down it. on it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's yeah. like you find that, find that category that matches up with your personality of, like, these are the types of people that I kind of relate to. And then you just try all those different things. Like, oh, I'm an artist. So I'm, all I'm going to do for the next year is art do art yeah. doesn't matter what the fuck it is yeah but you'll you're gonna find something that right. you're gonna connect you with. find a style you figure out like what things you like more than others and all that kind of stuff i mean i'm trying to think of where i was at like i always knew i like i wanted to start a brand or like a i always wanted a, a, a ski line like a, i wanted to have own a ski company from like age five um and as I got older, I realized I'm not really, like, I am a hands-on person, but, like, I'm not an engineer, mm -hmm. right? I don't have that, like, mathematical mind, and I'm really bad with numbers. So, like, I can't do shit like that without someone really telling me exactly how to do it. Yeah. Um, but then I was, like, I, I really like video and, like, editing, I like the editing process. And once I started doing that, I realized I was okay at it. I'm just, like just gone in on it like you said yeah. like triple down and right and, and put all your focus. shit in like less than a year my i would say my abilities in editing have like exponentially yeah, grown sure. so because you just tapped into you figured out what it is that you want to do right and then it's like you okay i know what yeah. i'm doing and now it's like let's just do this as much as i possibly can yeah because each time you learn like a little thing here and there, learn mm. new tools, look up a YouTube video on whatever. Oh, Use YouTube, everyone. I, <laughs> I can't, I can't agree with that more. That's YouTube has helped me so much. YouTube tutorials and like editing and stuff like mm. that. Use YouTube. There's a video Seriously. for anything. Anything, <laughs> actually anything. Yeah. But when I realized that I wanted to do photography as a career, you like as an outlet and as a career. And I could, I did. I put everything I had into it. I shot like every day. I like, I asked my friends to model and you know, I asked relatives if I could do their family pictures, whatever, whatever it was, I was shooting and shooting and shooting and trying to just get better at it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, dude. I, I, that's and using YouTube. Dude, I'm <laughs> telling you, like there's really no excuse in today's age, not like if if you're like I I think I should be doing something on my own, but mm -hmm. 
I don't know what to do. Like, find something and then watch a shit ton of YouTube videos. Yeah, exactly. You will, like, learn something in that. Okay, I'm thinking about our generation and our parents' generation and the difference in beliefs. It just comes down to the internet. <laughs> like the internet you opens up be, so many yeah. doors. You couldn't be the person that you are today if it wasn't for, for YouTube and the yeah. internet. Yeah. You we, couldn't have connected with all these people. No. We're living know? in a new frontier and it's crazy it, that older generations are like, fuck the internet, fuck technology. Yeah. Like back in my day we didn't have cell phones or whatever and blah blah blah. We and had like, the same three friends and like the right. same hangout spot and, and it's all like, this. And there's nothing wrong with that, but also what the internet is doing for our generation and beyond is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And we haven't even begun to like tap it's, into what it's we like can do. Uh, if if we're like in a video game and you level like you can level from zero to a hundred. Mm-hmm. When our parents were born, they were like level one. Yeah. And when we were I mean, all right, we weren't born with the internet where it is now, but yeah. by the time we were like ten, we were at like twenty. Yeah. You know? Exactly. The internet was just like putting us ahead. Blowing like, up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and once you realize like how to use it to your advantage, shit. It's like, over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally like an extended arm, you know? Yeah, like exactly. If you can turn it into that like utility belt. It's a essentially. huge tool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's crazy, dude. The internet is... It's wild. It's helped me personally. Like, I've booked so many gigs and met so many people off of it. I can't... I really can't stress how much... Instagram specifically has helped me, like, meet new people and clients and stuff like that. It's wild. And again, like, that's... It's provided this, um, this platform for new artists to be heard instead of, like... The same the people. The same over and over, and you see the same the, style. The empires of the, the world. The empires, exactly. Well, I think, running shit. The, like, yeah. back in the day, it's like, you couldn't become famous unless somebody who was somebody said you were good, right? right? And now it's like, you just leave it up to the fucking earth like, to figure it out. Here's what I do, take it or leave it. Right. Like, if you think that's good, fucking let's do it. Like, yeah. the saying is, like, all it takes is, like, one video or yeah. one picture, one song to fucking blow you up on the internet. Yeah. And then, if you can like capitalize on it, you're set. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> At least for the short term. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> this and is good stuff. <laughs> what what's nuts to me though is that the internet is so like in relative terms, really new. Yeah. And so like who it's even knows like, where it's gonna go? <laughs> what? It's and I could be way off, but it what, like twenty years old, something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's like, like the late nine mid late, mid mid nineties. Yeah, or so? that's when it really that's like, insane. And we're in still like pioneers. Yeah. Yeah. And we think it's like so cut like we're like, oh shit, like the like, internet. We know what it right. is. Like, yeah. But we're like, no, no, we don't. <laughs> no, God no. Like the things that we're gonna be able to do like ten years from now. Yeah insane i mean like yeah. look at any creation ever like look at the car yeah in and the first 10 years ball. or 20 years of a car existing and now where it's at they'd yeah. be like holy shit if they yeah. saw a car today Dude. or tesla yeah. you show fucking the creators of you a show car, the, tesla? they'd be like oh my god this thing drives itself <laughs> <laughs> like get out of here wizard yeah exactly <laughs> it's like in a um Back to the Future, yeah. the third one, when he talks about the automobile, and they're like, you're freaking crazy, you're too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, those movies are so yeah. good. <laughs> Classic. Oh, man. So we got a little bit off topic. Um, oh, bring it full circle. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're tying all these topics together, and it's really beautiful. Um, so to bring it back to you, Mike, 
Um, where do you see yourself going in the near future, long future? We can kind of get into that realm of you now. Um, well, I'm going to pretend like I've given it a lot of thought. <laughs> so here we go. Um, I want to be a successful business owner. I want to be a successful photographer. I want to make you know, the my current a brand. I want to make oh, it, wow. you know, who I, who I am, the business that I'm, but I, I want it to be at a point where it still feels the same. I know a lot of times businesses go from like, you know, potential to when they become this thing, they're not, they don't resemble anything that they were, the morals they or anything that they were, they conform else. to something else. My goal is you know, in five, 10 years, wherever it may be, a year from now, wherever it may be, to have the same views and morals and reasons for doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So I want to, my, ideally, you know, as anyone in the creative field would like to be, I'd like to be successful. That would be great. That could keep financing what I'm doing. Um, that's the end goal is to turn what I'm doing into a, like, I can live off of it. You know, kind you're gonna of have to write that shit down. Yeah. All your reasons, morals, ideas. I think that helps a lot, and I've heard that somewhere where like you just put it on your mirror, or something you just, like it's that. It's an affirmation. Yeah, and you you're just like, read it every day, and you and you do, and it starts to become like your daily thing. Yeah, like, I have my I have mine uh, recorded on my phone just with like the voice memo, and I yeah. and I have like five different things that's, that's a good um, idea. Mm -hmm. and you can do like different kinds suit so like you can do everything from like long term to like short term mm -hmm. like one of mine is um an affirmation that this podcast will eventually reach thousands of people so i say like i create um influential podcast content for thousands of listeners and it's yeah. like we don't have thousands of listeners yet but like that's the goal so yeah. if i just tell myself that every day eventually it'll happen i'm a firm believer of um you put something out into the into the universe and it happens law of attraction Lo yeah, yeah it's, whatever it may be it's crazy Called there have been too many times especially recently that i've noticed it where like you're thinking of someone or you're having a conversation about someone and then like within a day you see that person like more than wow. once it's yeah. or like you're thinking of a certain uh drink and you're it's the law of attraction yeah you could say like anyone a skeptic could say like well you just go out and get the drink if you're thinking right. about a drink but specifically like success all that like it's if you think it if you put it out there that you're gonna do it you keep saying to yourself i'm going to be a successful photographer i'm going to create a podcast that reaches a thousand people you're one day you're gonna be there that's just mm -hmm. how it works it right. could take 10 years it could take obviously like all of this is in a reason too because like i can't sit here and be like i'm gonna be uh i'm gonna be the starting point guard for the boston celtics like right. obviously right. not like <laughs> keep it reasonable but yeah. like you know <laughs> i'm not gonna be the next leonardo dicaprio mm -hmm. i'm i'm i am gonna be a, a successful photographer you're gonna be the next mike hearn yeah exactly <laughs> fuck Fuck, that's, that's awesome, man. Oh, that's shit. So cool. <laughs> Kyle, that's crazy. What are you going to be, Kyle? <laughs> the next Kyle Fisk? <laughs> Fuck, I don't even know. <laughs> the next Kyle what, Fisk. What do I want to I want to be Jackie Chan. <laughs> Can I tell you, every time I think of your last name, I think of uh, 
Have you guys watched Daredevil? Mm-hmm. Wilson Fisk, the Kingpin? Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. I think of. I gotta watch tonight. that movie now. You've never you seen, seen Daredevil? It? No. The Ben Affleck Damn. one is good, but the show on Netflix yeah. is badass. It's this awesome. show's wild. The show is crazy. Yeah. yeah. You should just watch both. I'll yeah, you out. should to yeah. get a frame of reference for both. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, coming back. Sorry. I Sorry I brought us off there. Um, <laughs> fuck, man. That was powerful. That was big. Yeah. No gotta, apologies, man. That was good. <laughs> uh, you just gotta... Like, I think one of you guys said it earlier. Like, you are the first you. You are, you know, there's not gonna be anyone that can do what you do. So you might as well do it. And you might mm-hmm. as well be good at it. And you might as well let people know that you're doing it. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Especially like, even though you are a photographer, you're doing something Yeah. in your arsenal that's different than... The next photographer. Something that's kept me going as far as like, if I ever feel like I take a photo and I'm like, well, that's kind of like, I've seen that before type of thing. Or like, uh, I remember it was a few years ago. I think it was online. I saw this thing and it was someone posted a photo and it was like, it was a beautifully taken photo, but it was a pretty simple someone in a field, just standing there in a field, sun coming on again, like anyone and I think the caption was what's the big deal with this it's a famous photo anyone could take it and then someone replied to that and said anyone could take it but this person took it so that makes that photo special like Mm -hmm. I could take a photo and it could from the outset look like just like you know someone could see it and be like well I could take that but you didn't I did and like right. that, that, and that, when I read that, that was very pow- powerful to me because you could, you know, people think Whoa. that it's just pushing a button. People think that it's just like point and shoot. You but have to think to take it so in the first much. place. It, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's a lot goes into this process. It, it really, does. I mean, like, think about it. I, I say this about what Kyle and I do. I'm like, literally anybody can start their own clothing brand. It's pretty fucking easy to do. But, but it's taking that like it. initiative to do it yeah. and then, you know, putting it out there. So yeah, it, it is special. Uh, yeah. And to go back with the photography analogy thing is like that photo that you captured can never be recreated. No, no. Not right. even like every little angle has to be exactly the same. And that that's like time is zero to nine. Back. Right. Yeah. That's the only time that someone <laughs> will ever take a picture of that. And that blows my yeah. mind about what I do. Like, that's so cool about what I do. And I'm that so cool. lucky to, yeah, to be involved in that. But you're right. Like, anyone, like, and I've, oh, my God, I've heard it so many times. And I'm sure you guys have gotten it, too. Like, you know, oh, anyone can start up a clothing line. Anyone can be a photographer. Anyone can do this. Yeah, anyone can. But, motherfucker, I yeah. am. But it's like, <laughs> I okay, if anyone can do it, what the fuck are you and doing? Why not? <laughs> I'm doing it. And you usually look at the person it's coming from. And it's someone that clocks in, clocks out, yeah. miserable at Be what like, they do. They're just jealous that they can't. Envy, or they're yeah. envy. Yeah, envy is a better word, not yeah. jealous. It's like, jealous wait, why are you... Uh, envious. Like, It's like, why are you negatively talking about what I do yeah. when you're not doing it yourself, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's so easy. Like, go fucking buy a camera and let, let's see what you got. Exactly. You know? And I love, I love doing what I do. But there are people, and you're always, like that story I told you guys earlier, there are always going to be people that either don't get it, that either, um, 
like don't care to get it or that will try to take advantage of it and that sucks mm-hmm. and that's true with yeah. anything but yeah photography like it's um my girlfriend showed me this this uh meme and it was um it was a drawing and it was this girl that was like why not take um my self-esteem and mix it with my uh or no my self-worth and mix it with what I do as a profession. What could go wrong? And, like, and it showed like her with crazy eyes and like mashing it together. But that's so true because what I do directly, it's I pour what I who I am into what I do. So when someone someone could look at it and be like, nah, and that like obviously I have to take that and be like, well then I can do better. But immediately that feels like garbage. If it, it sucks. And so yeah. that's another thing in the creative field. Like, yeah, it's not know. always sunshine and rainbows. It's not dude. It's not yeah. like it's, it's amazing as individually individualization is mm-hmm. like being your own person. It's lonely as fuck. It is like the more you get yourself yeah. and become like specialized or personalized, the more you kind of separate yourself from a community. Yeah. You go, it's levels, you know? Yeah. Well, I think you separate yourself from like what you've always known. And so like what you always known is like society and the structure and everything. And then uh, when sure. you start like just f- like not letting someone else tell you like what's right and wrong and like what life is and you start figuring it out for your own yeah then you're like well fuck like i don't know if anyone else around me thinks this way and i'm gonna keep it to myself and that's like literally why we're doing this because it's like you aren't alone there's other people out definitely plenty of other people out there yeah who are thinking similar things you just have to find them you just have to do it yeah you have to find yeah like don't be afraid to do it and you're you will find other people and that's um like Again, I'm not knocking anyone that I know. It's crazy. That mentality is, it seems so simple, but you don't think of it that mm-hmm. way. You don't. And then when you do, you're like, what the fuck have I been doing? Like, yeah. why? But I, I, I want to go back to like, um, a reason I didn't take photography in high school or college is I read somewhere and it's, it's person to person. It's, but for me, it struck a chord. Because I know that it would be the, the case. But it was the, this quote said like, if you want to hate uh, what you love, go to school for it. And I read that somewhere. And it to me, like, again, the next person <clears throat> could read that and be like, no, nah, that's bullshit. I want to learn more about what I love to do. But to me, that I know it would ruin it. Because then it wouldn't be specific to me. It wouldn't be, it would be the general, in the like, system. Right. it would be in the system. It would be someone telling me how they see it. It would mm-hmm. be someone telling me how to do it. And, Damn. and I don't feel I, like you can teach art. You really, you can, you can teach, teach the like mechanics funda- of yeah, it fundamentals. and the fundamentals of it, but you can't teach the eye. You can't teach like, like some of my favorite photos are based in a feeling. Like some of my favorite photos that I've taken are like, um, just they happen to happen. Like I've been on, uh, I've been on location shooting with people and we've got them posed and like, it's a beautiful portrait and everything. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. And then we'll start walking and I'll, all of a sudden I'll be like, whoa, quick, get right there really quick. And I'll snap a photo just like, just in the moment. And sometimes those are the most, you can't teach that. Right. Authentic. Can't. It's authentic. Yeah. That speaks to me, and that's what's important, but hopefully it speaks to other people too. But you can't teach that, and that's that's what's important. That's 
Yeah. I don't know. But That's we can evoke it. it. You can. You absolutely can. That's kind of like the counselor in me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, no, but you That's can. what you do as a counselor. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn, that's deep. Damn. Well, it's, it's, it's cool, too, because... Um, and I know we talked to um, Darcy as well. Um, so, like, we got... Oh, yeah. So, we got, like, the film what photography, and we got Tony with, like, the painting, artwork, drawing. Mm-hmm. And they all have very similar, like, themes. Um, just that... Like, yeah, you really can't teach. It's not like a, there's like a, there's like a threshold where once you've like gone through that, it's like, it doesn't matter you. what, right. You know like, what it is, is you can't teach individuality. Right. You can't teach that. That's who you are. You can't, someone, I can't tell you to be who you, like, I can't tell you how to be who you are. I can't tell you how to be who you are. You just gotta do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's very cool. Why don't we leave it with this? Um, tell the people, you know, the final what last you're doing, words. what what you're doing right now, like what you're up to right now. Um, any like big things coming up for you, and then I, I guess like plug yourself, Instagram, all that kind of shit. Sure, thank you. And guys. and like a last like if you have anything like last motivational thing to say or whatever. Like uh, some of all what we've talked yeah, about. Yeah, kind of you know. Um, so I Send just, to the void. I just wrapped, uh, 2018 wedding season, just shot my last wedding of the season and it went perfect. Couldn't have gone better. So coming up, I guess, is just planning, booking, um, keep it like getting better at the business side of things and keep growing, keep shooting. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm going to keep doing. I, I mean, my Instagram is the Mike Hearn. Hearn spelled H-U-R-N. Give me a follow if and let me know if you like my stuff. If not, that's cool too. It's all opinion based. Uh, follow me on Twitter. <laughs> I retweet some funny shit and I put my art on there too. Uh, the Mike Hearn, same spelling. And um, anyone that's listening, if you uh, are thinking about. Uh, dabbling with photography, if it's something that you've always kind of had an interest in and you want to get a hold of me or any of my friends for tips or whatever it may be, or if you're looking to model, whatever it may be, get a hold of me or someone, a friend of yours even, that, that you know, you trust and that kind of could guide you the right way. And that's, that's also, I tied that into my motivational. Hell yeah. Too. Yeah. So find someone or... Uh, just surround yourself with people that are gonna keep encouraging you to do what you want to do. It makes you happy. But also people that will tell you if your shit sucks or not. True. You, you don't, gotta right. have people be upfront with you. <laughs> yeah. That's constructive very criticism. That's very constructive criticism. So don't let people yourself. bullshit you. Exactly. Because you can see right through it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Coming full yes. circle. I like that. That's awesome, man. Exactly. Weird. Kyle, anything? Any last words to the peeps? The Bindleists. Love y'all. Peace out. Appreciate all y'all. Thanks for listening. We'll see you uh, next week, hopefully. Oh, yeah, we will. We will for sure have an episode next week on Monday with our friend Garo Frawley. So stay tuned for that. Thank you for having me. Deuces. Yeah, thank you, man. Well, there it was. Uh, Episode 8 of Bindleism is officially over. Thank you again, Mike awesome story 
and really, really just fun conversation. Really hope that all of you got something out of this one. Um, you know, we really try to bring value with all of our episodes and make sure that we're bringing people that really have something cool to bring to the table. And Mike definitely was not, was no exception to that. He brought a really, really cool take into the world of creativity and living on your own terms, I guess. So thank you for listening, everyone. If you haven't already, you can give us a follow at boho underscore hobo underscore for Instagram and Twitter. Boho hobo for Facebook and YouTube. If you haven't already, we have some new videos on our IGTV. A couple of festivals we went to this summer. You can check those out. They're also on our YouTube page. Um, We have new clothes coming at the end of the month. So that's something to look out for. Watch our Instagram story for updates on that. We have a lot of really cool new designs and outerwear coming out for the winter. So skiers, snowboarders, or just people that want to wear something warm in the winter. You should keep your eyes out for that. Tell your friends. Screenshot your phone screen and post it on your Instagram story. And keep on listening. If anyone listening out there has someone that they think would be good for us to interview, let us know. Give us a little DM. We would love to have suggestions for people to talk to. Because, as you may know, Kyle and I only know so many people. And since we're not famous, it can be a daunting task to find new people to talk to. So, if you have someone cool that you think we should talk to and fits the mold... Let us know and we will reach out to them. Other than that, thanks for listening. We will see you next week with our interview with Garo Ferrali. I'm excited for that one. I was really excited for this one and I'm really excited for that one. So stay tuned and thank you for listening to another episode of Bindalism, a philosophy to a self-sufficient lifestyle.